That is Steve Ewing's version of the classic Beatles song, Baby You're a Rich Man, off his Zodiac album. Thank you to Steve for uh, letting me use that song, and he is our featured artist on today's episode of the podcast. Steve, amazing guy. Check him out, steveewingmusic.com. Have the link on the page, and looking forward to talking to him on a future episode of the podcast and just hearing what he's up to and what he's done and just amazing stories. Some of you have may have heard that name. Uh, he is the lead singer of the amazing band The Urge, who just just classic St. Louis band who's played all around. He lived in LA a number of years. Great guy, so welcome him into the fold. Thank you to Dr. Mark Holland as always for uh, being a big supporter of the show and uh, what he does. Dr. Holland, great guy. Check out his links on the show page as well. And Mike Aubuchon, Premier Insurance. Call Mike, get a quote. See what he can find for you and how he can uh, how he can save you a few bucks on insurance and give you the support you need if the time comes uh, when you have to use that insurance. Mike Aubuchon, Premier Insurance. His number and links are in the show page. So yeah, thank you. Today we've got um, Sylvester Chisholm, and uh, Sylvester's just a great guy and author. And I have one more sponsor to bring to you. I didn't forget, but uh, I'm gonna save that for for a little bit later. But uh, Sylvester has a great book called Manifest Greatness. That's the one I own. He has another book that uh, is in schools. I'll put that on the show page. But um, Manifest Greatness. It's just a nice. Uh, easy to read book and it has just a lot of tips so you can flip through it every day pick up a tip and just do things to uh, help yourself improve and get to where you want to go set those goals and make them happen uh, one of the um, uh, one of the pages manifest greatness assessment number four improve focus and reduce distractions sacrifice for greatness list five distractions you're willing to sacrifice for greatness so get you thinking then he has the power of five which he talks about in today's show walk in your truth that's another tip pick it up it's easy you flip through it you read something you you look at it multiple times throughout the week and there you go you know when we talk about manifesting greatness i'm thinking of my buddy stephen walden stephenwalden.com artist extraordinaire and he's he's manifesting it he's worked really hard he's putting it out there helping with the charities uh, hanging out with Ozzy Smith, putting great work together, and uh, and focusing. He's definitely focused. I've called him a few times. You want to go to the ball game, Stephen? Nope, got to work, got to paint. So yeah, you know what? Left me left me out in the cold. But uh, now it's great, man. Super proud of the guy. Awesome dude. He's gonna be uh, on an upcoming episode where we're gonna talk with other artists. He's gonna share some of his knowledge. He's going to help them uh, manifest their greatness. So, yeah, we'll have to put him and Sylvester together. I'm trying to manifest my own greatness. Maybe uh, I you know, definitely need this book, need to improve on some things and uh, self-assess and do that good stuff. But, uh, you know, hey, until then, KenCalcaterra.com is where you can find me. You know, hey, I'm putting this podcast together, so happy to bring you great guests. Uh, been pretty consistent. So, yeah, hopefully that'll it'll get me to my goal which I'm still defining, but uh, check it out. Check out the podcast you're listening now. Thank you so much for that. Um, Once again, Dr. Mark Holland, Stephen Walden, stephenwalden.com. We've got Sylvester today. Steve Ewing, thanks to him. Uh, Mike Albashan, I think I've covered everything. You know, just want to get into this uh, 
this fun discussion with Sylvester. There's a, a lot of tidbits in there, which I think you're going to like. So thanks for uh, listening. Appreciate your support. Conversations with Calcaterra here with Sylvester. Sylvester, are you uh, are you enjoying this fine spring weather? Oh, yeah, it's great. It's like 32 degrees in April. What else could you ask for? <laughs> it's crazy, you know, looking at, at, at the climate and how everything's going right now. 32 degrees in April, mid-April. And, you know, time's flying, and I'm, I'm hoping that we'll have spring weather before the end of April. Because if we have 30 degrees in May, I mean, it's, we know things are wrong, but something's right. really wrong. Right, um, right. But, but that leads me into, um, you have a story where you, you started a business and it was cold outside. You were washing cars. Was this in April, or what, what month were you washing cars <laughs> in the it cold felt, weather? It felt like this. You could transition and say, yeah, it was April, but no. Um, it was... Uh, some years ago in November, cold a cold day in uh, November, if uh, if I'm correct. Um, but my my best friend and I, we worked together at a local car wash uh, here in in St. Louis, and you know just young kids working a job, but at the same time we were also cleaning some cars on the side, just kind of doing our own side hustle thing. Um, and there was a lady, one of my best customers <laughs> at the time, Miss Blanche, and she worked at my mother's hair salon. And I would go and keep her car clean every other week for twenty dollars. And this particular week, it was cold outside, so I'm like, I woke up and I'm checking the temperature, and it's probably it was it may have even been colder than today, so it may have been in the twenties or something. And I'm like, wow, I have to go and clean this car. How am I going to do this? I'm hoping she doesn't want it done. So I. I called the salon. I said, hey, Miss Blanche, how are you doing? Um, we're supposed to get that car clean today. It's kind of cold outside. You still want to have it done? And she's like, <laughs> heck yeah. Yes. Even funny, she was she was a good good Southern lady. She's like, uh, hey, baby, I'm here waiting on you. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh got to go right. cold. So uh, I guess the, 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 the young entrepreneur in me, um, I'm thinking, my mind is ticking. I'm like, okay, how can I get this done faster? And so I'm like, let me call my buddy. I call my best friend, Art. I'm like, hey, Art, what are you doing? He's like, man, nothing, just sitting on the couch. And he's like, uh, he's like what's up? I'm like, hey, uh, you want to go and split this $20 with me? And he's like, yeah, let's go and do it. Um, and, and for him, what was funny, he's like, man, this is like a sign from above because he had to pay a $10 pager bill. So that, that was... Uh, that was how we started the business. We went and cleaned that one car, Miss Blanche. Uh, she was happy, took it back. And there were two other ladies at the salon that wanted their cars clean that day. So we made $60 instead of 20 And so for us, as two high school kids, we were like, hey, man, this was pretty cool. Working with my best friend, just hanging out, you know, having a good time and making money on our own. Nobody's telling us what to do. Like, let's just do this on Saturdays instead of working mm -hmm. at the car wash. Let's try to figure this out. And we just built it. Real um, small, humble beginnings out the trunk of the car. I would say with just a water hose, a bucket, and a dream. And and it's interesting how that just uh, just went from there. We worked that business through our, our college years. We would come home over, over summer and winter breaks. And what was interesting, we knew we had something because when we would come home, we may have 40 or 50 people waiting on us to have their car clean. And they hadn't had the car clean since we left that's yeah so that's a tribute to the work that you do yeah no yeah absolutely and I, I in in a way that's what we i think everyone should want 
that sort of scenario in their business in terms of when people um, thought about having their cars clean, we owned that part of their life. That was Arthur and Sylvester, and now it's Showroom Shine. It's like they're like, okay, we'll call Art and Sylvester. You know, now it's called Showroom Shine. But I think that's the part, what you want when you're creating a movement uh, for your business, when your business makes that next step from just good service to to where it turns into a movement is when people, you own a piece of people's lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. It's one thing looking back on my life, uh, entrepreneurship, uh, there's one thing I don't see much anymore these days, uh, kids going around shoveling driveways. And granted, we haven't had a lot of snow, but I remember when I was in high school with a couple of good buddies, we would, uh, it was just one year, you know, one time we had a great snow and my grandfather had this little snow blower mm-hmm. and I had this little, uh, like, uh, what was it? Dodge Omni or Plymouth Horizon, you know, one of those little cars with the hatchback. And so we were able to borrow my grandfather's snow blower and then, um, set that up, you know, just put it in the back of the car and grab some shovels and me and two buddies went around. I think we made like a hundred dollars each that day. Uh, and it was great. And, uh, but yeah, I don't see much of that anymore. I'd love for somebody to come by and and shovel my driveway if we ever get snow. Well, well now if you were 16, 17, that idea would be, how can we create an app (laughs) where (laughs) you can log on and find people who will come and shovel your snow? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that's, that's uh, and it's funny you say that because I saw it was a maybe a couple years ago a really rough winter. Um, it was a really rough winter that was going on in uh, on the East Coast, and I saw some business they had on featured on on CNBC, and it was called um, Snows and Plows, and it was like an app exactly for that where you could find snow removal services that would come, and I'm I'm assuming that they're taking a cut of that. Um, that they're taking a cut of that. So, I mean, yeah. I think that's just where we're at today. Um, because I, and, and I think about that sometimes. I'm like, if I was seven, you know, 15, 16, 17 now, like, what kind of business would I start now? I don't know if it would have been a car wash business. That was just like what was in front of me sure. then. And just like the way. I think today the way I've trained myself to think is see the world in opportunities. And so that made sense. And it's like, okay, if I'm doing this, anything I'm interested in, I'm I'm thinking about like, okay, well, is there a way to make a bigger impact here or mm-hmm. is there an opportunity to, to get involved in this uh, some sort of way? Yeah, it's interesting with the apps and everything. I mean, there's a lot out there, but how can you do something better? Uh, what's your, your spin on, on that app? So it's uh it's interesting. There's I mean you have the pioneers like the Ubers mm-hmm. and and you know and of course we're using that almost as a verb I'm going to Uber or I'm totally. going to I'm going to Google this. Uh mm-hmm. you don't say I'm going to Lyft. Yep. As uh you know Uber has has established himself as the brand for ride sharing. Mm-hmm. You know maybe that changes or you know Lyft does something a little better or how how that goes or Sylvester opens up his own his own ride sharing service mm-hmm. I, I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know, but I, I think uh, we're seeing a lot of innovation, and it's it's a really interesting time right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm all for it. I think that's, and it's like everything is connected, though, right? That's at least that's how I see the world. Everything's connected. So, because you have Uber, then you have, 
the people, like I just said, coming up with this idea of the finding someone who's willing to come and do your snow removal Mm -hmm. or other things like that, because it's like, oh, how else could the Uber concept be applied to other industries, you know, whether it's groceries or something, you know, like all these different opportunities and and just go for it now. I think that's that's what it's really about. And the competition's good because if Uber's not paying their people and then you find a way where, hey, I can pay my people better. Mm-hmm. That's why I heard Lyft. I was, um, last week I was in uh, in, in uh, Fort Lauderdale and and my, I had a Lyft driver take me from the airport to my hotel. And that's what he was saying. He was like, Lyft pays more, I think. Okay. Like considerably more. Like Uber, I think, takes almost, I, I don't know. So I'm, yeah. I'm not even going to say anything on on, on the podcast, well, but looking but yeah. at it, I mean, you hear the stories. So if you have a service that where the drivers are super happy, then there you may have all the top drivers on your app. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, most people are running running both apps and, and maybe others because I know Austin doesn't allow Uber or Lyft, but they have like their own. Oh, really? And I don't know if it's one that the city put together or okay. if it's a, a third party that uh, just like contracts or that's mm-hmm. the homegrown Austin app you know mm-hmm. they're developers so it's interesting and you may see that where it, it maybe you have more regional type services mm-hmm. and then that kind of regulation so i don't know it's 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 really interesting it's really interesting one thing that um you know i wanted to speak about and and get a better understanding and, and learn more about your experience was your uh your tedx st louis talk mm-hmm. it was uh it was very informative and uh really energetic and uh you walked out on the stage with a bucket Mm-hmm. which was cool which caught my eye immediately mm-hmm. i mean i knew your story a bit beforehand but uh but you said some good things about that just describe that experience to us and bring us into that moment the tedx uh speech well i think um starting from that moment where you said just coming out on stage with the water hose in a bucket like that's as i mentioned earlier that is the beginning the origin story of uh, of my first successful business um, as an entrepreneur and from that water hose in the bucket uh, which we started that company out the trunk of the car like now we're at the airport so like if you're driving past um, past the airport here in St. Louis all the long-term parking garages the parking spots we own car washes in those selling car washes 24 hours a day there Uh, if you come in they're going to say hey Ken uh, when are you returning from your trip you say Tuesday they say, well, would you like to have your car clean? Say, yes, we clean the car on Monday, so you come home to a clean car on Tuesday. That's a really uh, you know, great space for us. It's, it's been a great opportunity, um, really cool, unique business um, space for us. But um, beyond that, uh, we partner with Fortune 500 companies here. Like We set up car wash days for uh, Emerson, Express Scripts, Magellan, a lot of other uh, companies here and that's um that's all coming out of that water hose and, yeah. and that bucket right yeah, yeah and then even beyond that we end up winning some cool awards steve harvey puts on this thing called the neighborhood awards and our company we won that four years in a row for the best detail shop in the nation crazy experience they fly us out to vegas we're hanging out with all these different celebrities from steve himself to kevin hart to tyler perry patty labelle like all these interesting people were uh, networking with in this room and uh, along with some of the other top entrepreneurs uh, from from around the country. And what's what's so cool about 
that is that that's something that our customers felt a certain mm-hmm. type of way about us and what type of business we do. But it just shows how uh, an idea that you have can turn into something much larger than yourself and put you in places and spaces that you never would have anticipated. You know, like we weren't there in terms of as being fans of these people necessarily. We were there because we were all a part of this award show thing that Steve Harvey put together. And it's just like, who would have thought when these two high school kids were going to pay a $10, trying to pay a $10 pager bill that it would turn into something, something like that and take us to some cool places, um, get us some unique experiences. But I like to, to really say that water hose in the bucket, which is what I talked about in that speech and why I wanted to make it, a physical prop so people could see it is to is for everyone to think about like what is your water hose and bucket right everyone has an idea you hear it all the time you talk to entrepreneurs man this million dollar idea but nine times out of ten it probably doesn't take that to get started you know it probably doesn't take that to get started and it's like for us to as a reminder to say what resources do you have mm-hmm. available to you now that you can take advantage of that can help get you started or you can bootstrap this thing to a certain point? And that's even for people, if you're looking for big money or trying to go after VCs and stuff like that, people want to see, like, what have you done? Show your initiative, some gumption, how you've been able to manage the resources mm-hmm. that you do have. And so I think that's a reminder for everyone that great things come out of small spaces mm-hmm. um yeah yeah and it's garages yeah, or, yeah. you know what i mean like basements Definitely. dorm rooms yeah it's like that's a, a lot of great companies starting that way and, and so, getting those wheels rolling you know that's something we we tweeted back the other day yes on just sometimes you have to get that momentum even if it's a small momentum maybe it's washing one or two cars or doing this or you know uh, you, you know a couple podcasts a week or you know once you get that momentum then the next thing you know yeah, you know, you're up to 50 podcasts or 100 podcasts, and you chipped away at it. Uh, and I think one thing you talk about, and I, I saw this on your Twitter as well, is uh, talking about procrastination. Mm-hmm. And then let's just discuss, you know, how to overcome procrastination and why why it is such a bad thing. Man, I'm I, I believe we talked earlier about innovation, right? Yeah. And I believe innovation, simply put, are ideas done. So it's like there's no shortage of great ideas, but you have to match the ideas with execution. And until you until you do that, it's like you're just talking about something. Like how many people have you met since you started the podcast and say, hey, I'm going to start a podcast, I'm going to start a podcast. And you're on episode 48, 49, 50. Yeah, yeah. And, hey, how's your podcast going? Oh, man, well, we haven't gotten the right mic set up or we, we, we don't know where to start. Or we As soon as this slows down or... Like you just got you have to take some action, man. I, and I'm I'm big on action. Um, all the mentors that I've had, the people that the, the examples of success that I've seen are do it now kind of people. Um, and and I think that's we have to shift from that. We have to shift from like I'll put it off, I'll do it tomorrow. You know, if you look at tomorrow, man, tomorrow's like the busiest day of the year for everybody. <laughs> it's like I'm gonna do this tomorrow, do that tomorrow. Just, just do it today. It's That's like, a great quote. Instead of watching another episode of something on Netflix, it's like you you have to be be conscious of that. Um, 
because we all get the same 24 hours and i think it's just you hear that a lot but it is something to really take a look at and say how am i spending my time because that will really show you what's important to you like you what you're saying out of your mouth if it's not aligning with the way you're living your life then mm-hmm. it's not important sure sure you know, if you're saying i want to you know get my health and stuff in order or my fitness life or something and you're sleeping in and saying you don't have time to go to the gym because you're waking up at eight o'clock just like well what if you woke up at six you know, yeah definitely. you could go to the gym like yeah. just no. <laughs> just those those little things sure. um i think make a difference Definitely. And I, and I think I look at my procrastination in the past. I, I consider myself a recovering perfectionist uh, was from that. Like, oh, this isn't perfect. Or, hey, I only have this many views on the podcast. I haven't thought that in this regard, but that's something that somebody could think, oh, why do this? Because only 10 people are listening. <laughs> well, who knows? Over time, that 10 people may be 20 or 100. And then at some point, something happens and then... Uh, and then a lot more people are listening and oh now i have all this content or i have a hundred episodes this is an example all right i have a hundred episodes that only 10 people listening to and then you have that one opportunity mm-hmm. and somebody listens to one and says this is pretty good mm-hmm. and it gets out there and so you work can where can they hear your podcast go go here and then a bunch of people go listen to it and they go, oh, wow, he doesn't just only have this one. He has a hundred others. Mm-hmm. And uh, let us check out some of those. So I think you just have to, you know, have to do something you enjoy and just keep doing it for the enjoyment and then see what happens. I, I, I believe um, firmly in what you said. It's that consistency will pay off. And and it's it's patience. It's patience. Like. Yeah, your podcast will go crazy if you interview Tony Robbins, but he's not going to do an interview with you like if this is your first podcast episode. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. if you have no relationship, you have no established audience, like that stuff takes that stuff takes time. And you never know like which one is going to be the episode mm-hmm. that's going to go crazy or like some of my my videos I do on a weekly basis and I say the same thing to myself It's like it, just keep putting it out because you don't you don't know which one is going to be the one that takes off like a rocket. Mm-hmm. And 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 a lot of times I've seen like we were both at the at the Midwest Digital Marketing Conference and just talking about like viral content and stuff mm-hmm. but sometimes man you can't predict what's what's going to be the trigger um for something to go crazy like um i was at <clears throat> some friends of mine just through the organization i, I spoke about uh, the show me costa rica project we brought this guy um eric thomas to st louis i don't know if you've ever heard of ET. Not, no. so he's like one of the top 10 motivational speakers in the country like fifty thousand a speech kind of guy right and so like out of love he came and he did this thing we partnered with him we brought him to uh harris to do a speaking engagement while he was here, like, so his videos are doing 20,000, 100,000 mm-hmm. views. You know, like, nice, he's doing yeah, yeah. he's doing strong numbers. Just every week, nothing special. He's doing, you know, bigger numbers. Now, he came to speak at the high school, one of the high schools, and he had, like, a quick rant where some kids were kind of heckling a little. Okay. 
And he's like, look, I'm here out the kindness of my heart. Like, he kind of really went in. He's like, I'm out the kindness of my heart. I'm here. I'm here. I love you guys. I'm just trying to show support. But he, like, was really going in on the kid. Yeah. I was there in that moment. I did not think anything big of that moment. For whatever reason, that video went viral. Like, speaker goes in on kid or, you know, and it was like millions of views. His biggest video. Whoa. You know what I mean? Like, and it's it's like because it was not a positive thing because he went off on them or what? It was a positive thing, okay. But it the spin on it, the headline, yeah, the headline was, and it's like I mean they turned it into a positive thing. But I just found that 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 interesting. Like, yeah, who who would have thought? Like everyone there in that moment didn't think anything of it. It Just like okay, some kids are just kind of being a little obnoxious, and he's like. Hey, I'm here to show you guys love and try to help you. Like, yeah. you might want to listen. Yeah, exactly. And millions of views. Yeah, it's interesting. And so uh, my friend uh, Jim Bober and I, he's mm-hmm. uh, checking us out here. Mm-hmm. Just want to give him a little plug. Okay. We were just going over some some Instagrams and everything and looking at even Gary V, who has, I don't know, two, you know 2.3 million mm-hmm. followers, mm-hmm. Uh, looking at the interactions on his, his Instagram and the likes. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I mean, we're looking at, it's a lot, mm-hmm. uh, but we're looking at like 1% to 5%, some 10 So I think that's an important thing for people to know that, if you have 200 followers and you're getting 20 likes, you're getting 10%, and that's pretty good. Yeah, because I, um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think you have, quote-unquote, good engagement if it's like 3 to 5% or something like that. Okay, is that considered I, good, or is that like really good? That's optimal. like, no, no, I think that's like just good. Okay, all right. So, I mean, like when, um, when I was looking at some stuff on how to rate Instagram influencers, okay. and like study, look at their likes, and dividing that by you know, how many followers and, you know, how many comments and all of that kind of stuff. So I think, I mean, you're right. And, and I, I had a, a conversation with some people who are uh, in that space of the, the influencer marketing. And they were saying sometimes the micro influencer people are better. Like people who don't have millions of followers, yeah. be, you know, cause they have a little more connection with their audience. Yeah. And that's what I was telling, telling Jim that if I have 2000 followers and I'm getting a hundred comments uh, then that, you know, then that's a lot better than somebody that has a hundred thousand followers and is getting a hundred to a thousand comments. Cause I was, you know, seeing just a lot of people with a lot of followers work, some of them plateauing around a hundred or that was consistent mm-hmm. and their likes may be at 20,000 on certain, mm-hmm. certain uh, posts, but others weren't. So it's it just good. I mean, I put that out there just for people listening to know that hey, a small amount you're getting something from it and mm-hmm. that's a little bit of momentum so keep that momentum and, and that's how you build it like yeah. honestly that's how you build it and it's like okay if you have however many comments you have while while it still is small and um and manageable you should be interacting with those oh, people yes like Especially oh thanks level, for yeah. saying this or or have the conversation so that you can build that um i'm not sure who who's who says it but um Someone says like like you want to build a thousand like super loyal fans. Once you have that thousand people who are like really diehard fans, then you can really move, um, you know, other products or yeah. you know you can really do some things with that. When you have people that really care about what it is that you're doing, yeah. And with bands, that's a big thing with with bands and musicians. If you have a thousand really loyal fans that are coming out to your shows and buying merch. 
I mean, that's better than having, you know, 100,000 followers that don't do anything. Mm -hmm. And that's, and I think that's, for me, that's how I look at everything. Like I see it, everything that I'm doing, especially with with, with my speaking, my books, uh, I see it as a continuity program, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, they're all entry points. So it's like, you can enter through the podcast and become a fan uh, but then from there, you're like, oh, what else is there? Oh, well, there are all these videos. Okay, well, let me watch these videos. Okay, well, what else is there? Like, oh, they're books. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, you know, some at some point, someone may want to buy a book or someone may watch your podcast. I think it's bigger than just views if if you're offering, if you have other offerings. So for me, by being a, a, a professional speaker that does 30 or 40 speaking engagements a year, Watching a podcast interview is an opportunity for someone to get to know, well, who is Sylvester? How does he think? Mm-hmm. You know, or what does he think about procrastination? What does he think about digital marketing? What does he think about entrepreneurship? Like in a in a different environment, not just, oh, what's his 45-minute keynote? Sure, you sure. Know? And that's all you have. It's just like, yeah. you can book me for a speech, but we can't see anything beyond that. But like, no, show us. We want to hear the podcast. We want to see the the YouTube videos or the Facebook videos or, you know, your books. And, and when you put it all together, it makes sense. And that's the way I think I think that's how you I mean, if, if it really is from a business side, that's how you sell stuff now. Like it has to mm-hmm. be through the content. Like I know you do video stuff, but it's like, OK, sh- I can get a better understanding of who I'm working with and go deeper with you through your podcast. Exactly. And that's what, you know, I think early on I was looking at that, like I had some different things that I put together, like different documentaries. And I guess I was, I was putting a little too many resources and trying to establish that one project as a brand Mm -hmm. or had another thing. I was working with some musicians called it's a hard rock life. And it's just a great project. Looks great. All that. But I was spending so many resources trying to make a brand out of that, that I didn't realize at the time that, wait a second, I need to make a brand out of myself because I have photography, I have this and that. And then I finally realized that, wait a second, brand myself. And then eventually those other things will carry over mm-hmm. from that. And I, I just didn't realize. And it was one of those things that was an aha moment. And then, like you said, with the podcast, and this is something that I, when I find interesting people, I want to provide something that helps them as well. So you can embed this into your website and then you have an extra piece of content. Right. And then we're we're sharing this moment and then we have something that hopefully will present. Uh, you just be that little nugget that somebody says, oh, well, who's Sylvester? Oh, wow. He said this on that podcast as well as, uh, you know, he said this on his TEDx. And oh, OK, yeah, we know who he is. And in this hour, if they're really engaged they're going to get a lot to really know deeper who you are. So I like the format. I enjoy it. It's uh, not really labor intensive. It's, mm-hmm. It takes time, of course, but uh, not like a video where I put, might put 40 to 100 hours into it. You know, I can get away with like five to 10 hours. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm enjoying it for and, the most part. And, and I think, too, there there are spaces for all of it. Like what you said, there there's a space for we need to see the... 20 minute documentary or hour long documentary that you put together. But then there's also the space for the podcast. So it's like that still lives in its own place, but it's, it shows the depth. It shows it's the body of work. That's something I'm always really 
conscious of is like it's it's just another building block. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, we got the rock thing. Oh, you did that? Yeah, and I have a podcast. Oh wow, you did. you know. So it's just like that will help you to stand out. In, you know, versus someone else who doesn't have any of that. Yeah. And that's, a, I mean, that's how I see. Oh yeah. And it's a long road. <laughs> and, and that's the thing I never realized. And I guess maybe in this country we have that lottery mentality mm-hmm. and I'm guilty of it. You know, <laughs> you think like, Hey, that one thing's going to hit and then, yeah, I'm going to have this and that. And, uh, yeah, and, and it can, of course. But I, I think when you're focused just on that, then, uh, you lose a lot of the journey and you don't realize the way that takes a while to build up to that. You know, how? what's the percentage of somebody that, you know, wins the lottery? Very small. Same way in business. What's the chance that that million dollar ideas, it, it's never something that's going to happen in a year. Mm-hmm. You look back, Amazon's big now, but Amazon was around in 95, 96. Right. I never knew about Amazon in 95, mm-hmm. 96. I only learned about it, what, five, six years ago. So mm-hmm. it was around a good... 15 years before I even knew about it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so it's one of those things that you just don't know about. And it's, it takes that time to build up that brand and do it. And it's just a a lot of years of just grinding it out and, and all that kind of stuff. Definitely. Yeah. Now, now looking forward and that's the thing with the perfectionism, just, uh, you know, my, um, my advice to people out there is just, you know, some to get out and do it because you'll get better the more you do it and to uh, expect to be great the first time out. Some people are going to be better than others, but that's not always going to happen. Um, but, you know, once again, just get those wheels moving and do it. And then the next thing you know, a couple of years go by and you're like, wow, how did I get to this level and, and, and create all this content? It, it builds on it really builds on itself. Like your first podcast interview is not going to be it shouldn't be as good as your 100th. You know, like you should be more comfortable as an interviewer and maybe you got some new equipment. Or, yeah, yeah. You know, all the different things like it just builds the same way your first video. Like you're probably shy on camera doing all kind of weird, quirky stuff. Sure. Yeah. But but over time you get better, you get more comfortable or your first stage performance for a band, whatever it is. It's just like but when you keep putting in that work, you pay attention to yeah, well, yeah. what works let's do a little more what's working yeah what's what's my best work the next one you know until i uh, until i hit that (laughs) downward slide which you know hopefully won't happen anytime soon but looking at that talking about that momentum one of the things that you had had said in uh either on your website or one of your books or the ted talk is the power of five Mm -hmm. describe the power of five and how that works with getting those wheels going and gaining that momentum Mm -hmm. so um that definitely is something uh, like I said, I'm, I'm about execution and getting things done. And I think it's it's a simple philosophy to help uh, move us past procrastination or sometimes in business, what I like to call um, entrepreneurial paralysis, where you just get stuck on a problem or something. But um, when you have that goal, that's most important or something that you're working toward. Just do five things a day toward reaching it, no matter how big or small they are like five things a day. And, and and what happens is you end up creating a body of work over time. And so it's like when I'm saying five things, that's so let's say, for instance, um, <clears throat> something that's important to me is is getting my new book, Manifest Greatness, out into the world, right, into the hands of as many people as possible. And so five things could be one Sending a tweet saying, 
Have a great day. Hashtag manifest greatness. Like it's small, but it counts. Okay. Like you put in, you're putting energy out into the world, uh, saying what it is that you want. Uh, something too could, could be doing a podcast today. This, this counts, right? Uh, three could be something bigger, um, negotiating a speaking engagement or something for some company in Florida, right? It counts. Uh, four could be making a YouTube video, right? Uh, five could simply be researching something uh, as it relates to how to better edit your videos or, or something like that. But I'm doing those five things today. I'll do five tomorrow. Let's just say you do it five days a week. That's five times five. That's 25 things that you've done in one week toward reaching one goal. And what happens over time is you create that body of work all centered around that one goal. And then people look up and they're like, oh, wow, like you're killing it. It's like, but you don't see all the work that's going in behind the scenes that's focused. When you do focus work, you get results. There's no way that over if you stretch that out over time that you don't see results from just continuously chipping away. Like you said about, oh, podcast, only 10 people are watching. Okay, well, that's now. But then maybe there's a hundred and then now it's a thousand, you know, like when I first started making, uh, making my, my weekly videos, maybe like a couple hundred people will watch a couple hundred views. But now those, they average maybe about 5,000 views or so, you know, and, and, and that stuff continuously goes up and it's like, people see you and they're like, Oh, Hey, Mr. Manifest Greatness or, <laughs> Or I got your book or I saw your book or now it's like people have bought the book. And just the other day I posted a picture. Uh, we sent some books to London. Like, it's like, who would have thought? Just an idea that I had in my head, those two words together, meaning applying the entrepreneurial mindset and removing limits, limitations off people's lives. Like, who would have thought that it would turn into that level of impact where it's making that sort of momentum? But it's the consistency of putting in that work every single day toward reaching that one goal. And I think it's something everyone can apply that power five, five things a day toward reaching your goal, no matter how big or small they are. And when you talk about the entrepreneurial mindset and using that in other areas, expand on that a little bit and tell us, tell us what you mean by that. Okay. So, <clears throat> so I am an entrepreneur from, from a practitioner standpoint. Right. But I think what is, what is unique as, as we think about the, the skills that that create success for an entrepreneur, for a business owner, if a person takes those same skills and apply those to their life, to their work, whatever career they have, to their relationships, you create more success. And and it's 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 a bit on the edge of entrepreneurial thinking right now. Um uh, at the World Economic Forum, they they were just recently talking about how entrepreneurship should be taking, taken out of business and be looked at as a 21st century life skill. That everyone needs to understand those principles of the entrepreneurial mindset, the importance of sacrifice, and it's linked to success. You know, you have to give up something. You have to be willing to go a little harder get up a little earlier, stay a little later, whatever the case may be mm -hmm. to create some success, uh, consistency. Some of the things we talked about, uh, collaboration, um, asking yourself 
what's next, looking and understanding that every success or every failure that you have creates another opportunity. And for you to learn from those lessons and and then take full advantage of when you have some success or you get the big podcast interview with this person or that person, like go crazy with trying to push it out and leverage it into getting an even bigger you know, guest on the podcast, you know what I mean? So Uh those are the kinds of things that create more uh, success for for everyone. And I think that is the entrepreneurial mindset. And that's the kind of things that um, that's what I like to talk about. Uh Um, That's and it's it's really removing those limits, like like conquering those limiting beliefs that sometimes we tell ourselves conquering self-doubt, fear, anger, um, the things that maybe are holding us back. So, yeah, it can be tough. You know, that that can be very tough because those things are something we may have observed. Well, ultimately, what I guess I'm trying to say, and also looking at what one's definition of success is, because your definition of success may not be the same for me. For me, it may be, all right, I want to make, you know, just a good living and make this amount a month. Somebody else may, all right, I want to just set the world on fire and then be, you know, be like a Gary V wants to buy the Jets. Mm-hmm. So maybe different levels of success. I mean, I mean to define that, what what is your what is your uh, definition of success? Okay, so when I think about my definition for success, I, I I go straight to happiness. Like that's what brings me the most happiness and fulfillment. Because it's not, I've learned this over the years, it's not It's not just a money thing. Like, yeah, you need a certain amount of money to, you know, take care of yourself and, you know, live a certain kind of lifestyle. But um, after a certain point, like, it's, it's not, money doesn't really bring you happiness. Like, if you have, you know, this many cars or this many homes, like, those things are cool. All right, when I think about my definition of success, I think about happiness. That's the first thing I go to um, and, w- and what really brings the the most fulfillment out of life. And and for me, it, it sounds it may sound kind of weird, but it's about giving. It's about giving. I think that's that's when I'm most happiest is when I'm sharing whether it's sharing knowledge, sharing um resources um share my time but just just giving and helping other people um and and really helping other people and i think what i've learned like i said what i've learned over the years is that it's it's not just a money thing like it, it, money won't buy the happiness uh, you need a, a certain amount of money to create a certain lifestyle but uh, after a certain point those those things or, or just moments of happiness. It's like, oh, I got a new car. Like, okay, that's great. Um, but, but I think over over time, those things, you keep chasing that rabbit. It's like, now I, I need this this one, or I need the new one. But, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and I think that doesn't really create the long term happiness for me uh and that's what i that's how i view success yeah and i don't think it does personally for, for a lot of people either because yeah. you, you find the people that 
you see the stories of somebody that has millions of dollars and you're not happy. And then people say, well, why isn't he happy? Because mm-hmm. he has millions of dollars and, you know, I'd be happy with millions of dollars. But would you really? It depends what comes along with that mm-hmm. millions of dollars. And people don't realize that that um, that is true. The, the, the more money you get, the, the more problems that you have, have more money, more problems. Yeah, more money, more problems. Exactly. <laughs> and and um, one thing that I did, I do find funny. I, I like whenever I'm talking about like happiness or success, and people, a lot of people do go to financial because that's like uh, that's a stat check. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's an easy way to stat check. But uh, who is it? Les Brown says like, yeah, money won't buy you happiness, but everyone wants to find out for themselves. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but 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 no, I, I really think that we all should live our, our life in a way. Um, where we try to serve others, man. And then, like, when you do that, you create, like, the money is just a byproduct. It's a byproduct of success. When you're doing something you love, you increase the chances of of, of having more success at it. You're willing to work longer mm-hmm. at it. You, you, you're willing to put in the extra hours, and, and that's what creates the happiness, and it also creates, you know, the, the, the financial reward, and it also creates the the better relationships with people, the more interesting places that, that things can take mm-hmm. you. And so, I mean, that's that's just kind of how I look at it. I see it, success is is doing something that brings you fulfillment um, and, and, and happiness. Is the sound okay? Oh yeah, it sounds okay, good. I cool. just kind of tweaking this to get it All right. a little better, but yeah, it's easy enough to edit out. Okay, we'll take a quick breath and uh, let me see where I want to pick up some success. <clears throat> so, looking at that success um, and just getting to that point where you have your personal success, because just when me when I met you at the digital marketing conference, which was just a blast. I mean, I could tell you were happy with the information you were putting out with what you're doing. Um, leading up to that, what's the best advice you've ever received in your life, and how did that contribute to to what you see as success, or or where you are now in your entrepreneurship? Mm. Um, the best advice. So um, this is I'll tell you the first thing that just popped into my head. Um, I was I was at this 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 conference in um, in Las Vegas with with Steve Harvey and his business partner, um, this guy named Rashawn McDonald. Now, R- Rashawn is is probably doing just as well as Steve, but you wouldn't know who he is because he's the guy behind the scenes uh, who's the business partner who helped create the Steve Harvey Morning Show and all those different uh, outlets. And one of the things, he's very, very smart and savvy businessman, and he told me never, never let laziness be the reason why you don't get things done and he and he was like you know there's so many things in the external environment that are going to go against you um competitors uh environmental changes like just just things the marketplace shifting but don't let laziness be the reason why you didn't get something done like that's that's the one that's something that you can control like, like if you know, if you do certain things, they're going to drive results. Just keep it simple. You should do more of those things. 
that that you know that drive results. You know, if you're supposed to make some phone calls or some emails or you know make more podcasts, if you have if you have time, you know, then then do those things. But I just think that's that's a big one for me. So I challenge myself with that's that. That's a good one. And it's simple because a lot of times there, some people don't know what to do. But once you figure out what it is that you should be doing, like, and you're not doing those things, that's that's a real personal thing, and that's something that you can control. Oh, totally. And, and I think the worst part for me is like doing the things where it's like, all right, where's that next check coming from? And then I kind of lose focus, and then I'm putting the energy in the wrong place, and it just it throws off everything. It's just, so with that, doing what makes you happy, not just chasing that check for the money because then my whole focus and where I'm at and my energy is completely off. So I I think that's a great point you bring up. Uh, One thing that you bring up as well is you consider yourself a a positive disruptor. Describe to everyone what what positive disruption is. Well, positive disruption, I think, is is doing something that, that people don't expect, right? And I and I talk about that in my um, uh, in in my TED talk, where my my friend and I we were being positive disruptors because so many people are called, oh, you you're just so disruptive, you you know, but how can you shift that into something that's a positive? And and I took it from the standpoint of here you had two young high school kids, if you want to even get more specific, two young African-American boys, like, doing something to start their own business, and it's like, that's not something that you would expect necessarily, right? And so I think that's that was something that where it's like, okay, well, here's an opportunity. Wherever there's an opportunity for people to change the narrative on something, uh, whether that's like what we're saying with this whole like Me Too movement and and just woman empowerment kind of thing, like shifting the narrative and showing that like, oh wow, who said you can't be a you know a woman CEO? Who said you can't you know be the first um, you know Asian American to do this or the first uh, Latino American to do? You know what I mean? Like yeah. to do these different things. So I just think it's 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 changing the narrative in any space. Uh, or who says you can't like there's a kid who <clears throat> I think this is a great example of positive disruption. This kid um, who you might, I guess, call as special needs because he has one arm who was mm-hmm. in um, uh, he was in the the NFL um, combine. He plays linebacker, I believe. And this kid like just blew out the combine. He has no arm from the elbow down. Wow. He ran like. A four four, low four four forty. Um, he bench pressed two twenty five, like twenty sometimes. Like Whoa. with with the like a prosthetic. Yeah, but it's yeah. like man, like you're pushing, you're changing. Yeah. Who who says you can't do that? Yeah, yeah. It's like don't don't let the world put you in the box. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's where, um, that's that's what we all have to to push past those limiting beliefs in that way. Sometimes we we buy into the, the to the self doubt or or allow the world to put um titles on us and and mm-hmm. you shouldn't you shouldn't do that you shouldn't do that if you're a C student who says you can't be the greatest business person that ever lived you know like who says yeah. you can't do that like that's that's for you 
to define yourself. And I think the limitations, when we take those limiting beliefs off of off of our life, yeah. that's when we really push beyond boundaries and we become positive disruptors. Yeah, yeah. And, t- and totally understanding why you want to do it. Because I've always had that dream of I want to direct big movies, but why do I want to do it? Because on the other hand, I really value family and that family time. But when you're putting these big movies together, that's all your time. That's your family. That's your life. So it's understanding, I guess, uh, why you're going for something, what's all a part of it. Uh, I mean, it's so much. I mean, as humans, I mean, we're very, as you know, complex creatures. So it's this, you know, having that strong self-awareness, I think, helps in defining your goal and then taking the steps to achieve that goal. So yeah. I, I try to get in sometimes this more spiritual and philosophical yeah. side as well because that's something that really interests me and, and just dr- trying to improve my self-awareness and things like that and help other people maybe not take so long or give them hopefully some words that they realize, oh, okay, mm-hmm. I should look into this and maybe that'll help save them some headaches over the years or whatnot. Yeah, I mean, you said a couple of things. First, uh, with that why thing, I think I, I read something that, and it was saying – Okay, you say you want to direct big movies, but why? And then you say, oh, it's because I want more family, more time with my family. Or no, or you think or some, like, I want this because I want, no, I, I'm, that's like the, the duality of it. Okay. So where it's like, oh, the money, when you're a big film director, it's the fame, the money, things like that. Mm-hmm. But is that really the most important thing? And when you said happiness, because you may have that opportunity, but then there's this stress of ask, answering all the questions of dealing with the studio execs, things like that. So those are the other things. It's not just the red carpet and things like that. So that's what I say, uh, like understanding the why and I guess all the aspects that go into it. Yeah, totally. Because a lot of times once you once you really get into the be careful what you ask for, because once you get into the thick of it, you may realize there's a lot more that comes with this that you didn't understand. And by all means, go for it and experience it if you can make it. But then then again. It may be something else that you find that happiness. And even though that was the dream at one point, it's looking at it as, oh, okay, wait a second. But uh, making these smaller projects or corporate videos or something like this, I'm still being creative mm-hmm. and I get that family time and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever an individual situation is. So I think it's just really um, just kind of weighing out those options, maybe a pros and cons and then visualizing it. And- yeah, I think that's good. too. And then I. Sometimes I think it's good to ask ourselves, like, why three to five times? Like, okay, you want to do the movies, why? And then when you get that answer, yeah. why? Yeah, and yeah. Then why? Because then that'll help oh, you yeah. really get to the real reason yeah. why you want to do something. And then you may find that there's another, okay, well, how can you do that another oh, way? Oh, yeah, yeah. Or, or <laughs> if I want to run a business. It's like, you know what? I'm going to put so much more time into running a business than I am working for somebody. But then again, I may have more fulfillment if I'm working for myself, putting in 16, 20 hour days than I am putting in eight or nine hour day for someone that maybe it's it's a product I don't like or it's uh, people that I'm not really gelling with. So yeah, so I mean, there's a lot to it, but I, I just, you know, felt it might be helpful to bring it up and you know, something to talk about now just those kind of subjects does your book cover anything like that does it help answer some of those questions as far as somebody that's wanting to be an entrepreneur or have that entrepreneurial spirit in whatever they're doing mm-hmm. yeah i think that's um <clears throat> my most recent book manifest greatness is is designed to help you push past your limits right how to live life without limits and so that's starting 
with the goal or the the, the desired um, outcome that that you want. We're starting there, and then we're working backwards into like, okay, well, how do you get that? Mm-hmm. And that's breaking down, breaking it, really breaking it down into, um, you know, what is it really going to take for you to make that happen? And here's a process for you to a framework to work it mm-hmm. through uh, toward reaching that goal uh, where we talk about focusing on the high level activities, the things that only you can do. Uh, we talk about the importance of delegation, the importance of, Oh yeah. Yeah. You I know, made that mistake many times. Well, of not, <laughs> yeah, of, I'm just of trying, trying to, to do, do everything, all, do it all myself. Hey, you, it's hard to find. Sometimes you don't have the right people, so you have to, but putting a little more time into finding the right people. Mm-hmm. And I think starting early too to create, like even if if you're a one person startup, there still should be a way to do everything. You should, and as you create and find that way, like oh, this works. Okay, well then this is how we should do this, so that you're creating a trainable system from mm-hmm. the beginning. When you look at your business from the from the early days, it's like you have to understand you are creating an asset. Like that's what you're doing, and so in order to create the an asset that is 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 it's not um, only dependent upon you. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to, you need to create some systems on how to do things. And that's what I'm doing right now with the podcast, just even for me. So when it's a time that I'm not as focused, I can just follow the steps mm-hmm. and then it makes it so much easier than trying to remember it. Cause I may forget one easy step mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm busy with other things. Yeah, like, I mean, if if you think about, okay, well, let's see, what were our most successful emails or messages that we sent out to book guests? Let's look at that and say, okay, that's a template. Okay, hey, I'm Ken, this is a podcast, these are the numbers, this is what we do, these are some, this is, take a look at this one, we'd love to have you on the show. You don't have to rewrite that email every time you're trying to book a guest. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Or if, if there's a way that... Uh, you put out certain things like there's a the the standard branded like so that here's the thumbnail. This is what it always looks like. You know, put the guest picture here, my picture. You know, like yeah. all those things. So it saves you time and efficiency. And then when you as you continue to build your team, you can pass those things off. Hey, you can do this now. This is how it should look. You know, and then maybe somebody improves on it. Oh, but yeah, this yeah. is how. Yeah. This is the way we do it. You know, unless you have a better way, this is the way. Yeah. You know, and I think it's great. I, I try to look at things like that uh, so that you create, you know, within my work and, and my businesses just to create systems. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's great advice. I mean, so much great advice. I think people listening to this are are going to have some steps. They're going to get some good information. Then I, I recommend grabbing the book, get some more information, checking out your uh, your website, your YouTube, everything else. And just, you know, keep put that total package together and then. And then look at other sources, which brings me to the next question. Besides your own book, which they should definitely check out, it's, it looks great. Um, you know, what uh, what other books do you recommend or one or two? Okay, um, I'm reading a book right now called The, the Originals. Um, I don't know the name of the author, but it's it's a really good book. And it um, that's that's one I'm enjoying right now. Um, uh, let me see. What's a, another one that's been really good for me? It's it's a classic, one of my favorite books, Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence oh, yeah. People. Yeah. That's a classic, but I think it's a lot of great advice in that one. Um, uh, Aug, Aug Mandino, it's another one of my, these are older guys that some of the things that I like to read, um, The Greatest Salesman, that's a great one. 
um, the four agreements. I don't oh know if you, yeah, that's, that's great. That's Heck yeah, that's a great one. These are I, I think everything that we do it, it really starts with mindset. Uh, and so once you get your mindset together, then it's like moving more into the the tactics and uh, and learning from from successful people. Um, Good to great. That's that's a great book. Um, uh, that's a really I mean, that's a classic one. Um, but, yeah, those are those are a few of my favorites. That's great. Yeah. And, and looking at books. So I just uh, I just directed some commercials for the public library. I love the library. OK. And I think that's a good way. Get the book, read it. If it resonates, then then you can buy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, except Sylvester's book, buy that right away. But uh, but it's good because some people may not have the funds. But mm-hmm. then I like to have certain books I own because I like to make notes mm-hmm. and highlight things and, highlight and all through. that. Yeah, totally. You can't do that with the library book. Uh, but one cool thing that you had mentioned earlier is your book is in schools. Mm-hmm. Now, that is the Young Entrepreneur's Guide to Success. Mm-hmm. That's and, in schools? Yeah, and Manifest. Oh, and Manifest. Yeah. Great. So, tell us, you know, uh, you know, tell talk to me a little bit about uh, how that book was, uh, you know, presented to schools and how they're using it. Okay, so a uh, career and technical education, uh, that is the the department that we work with mostly. Um, and when you that's CTE, that's what it's called, and that is your uh, your business classes, marketing, wood shop. Uh, anything that's tied to a career. Okay, so right? trade type. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, anything. Cool. So, and, and every school district in America has that. Um, their state conferences, their directors at every school district, um, their state directors, you know what I mean? So <clears throat> so that's who I have a lot of, I, I, I form relationships with, with those people to make sure we, we're connecting with the right audience. Um, and and what's what's most interesting is that you know this as a practitioner, like it's it's better to learn something from someone who's done it. And so when you create relevant information, and that's what the Young Entrepreneurs Guide to Success um, 2.0, that's what that one's all about. It's it's like how do you start a business? And we're teaching kids this early, and we use relevant things that that are relevant to them, like the founders of Instagram talking about problem solving and things that, that they use uh, uh, using references of Spotify and the founder talking about um, his story and then just practical advice of working through a business model canvas and and putting it in a digestible way. That's how I write and it resonates with, with the students. And so the teachers love it because it's coming from a fresh it's coming from a fresh voice. Um, and and it's 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 something that the students love too because I'm close to them I connect with them um, <clears throat> so I understand what they're interested in I know that kids want to be YouTubers mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah, like things yeah. like that and or they want to start their own fashion line and it's and it's possible oh yeah do it you but, know but, but realize what we talked about earlier that time that it takes and mm-hmm. it's not the lottery that you put one video Facts. out and you're gonna get. 48 million views facts but 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 you'll be surprised how sometimes the education system so far behind yeah like you coming into a, a classroom and talking about marketing and and video production would be what a teacher would accomplish in months 
You know what I mean? Yeah, just by yeah. you coming in and sharing like, well, this is how I made my movie. This is the cameras I use. Sure. These, this, you need this kind of person. You need that. Mm-hmm. Someone, to, you know, this is how you edit. These, these are the kind of shots you should look for. Like real experiential learning. That is the future of education. Experiential project-based learning um, as well as personalized learning. It's nothing more personalized than entrepreneurship in the sense of what is your idea? What do you care about? What do you want to start? And let's and I give a framework to work your idea through that to create mm-hmm. something. And then we have an online course that uh, students and schools love called the fifty dollars startup, where students have to create. We teach them how to create a real business on a fifty dollar budget. That's cool. Within a semester. Yeah, it's a and great then, exercise. Yeah, super cool. And then they it concludes in a selling event, like in the lunchroom. Uh-huh. Or, or something like that so they can really get the experience of oh people love my product or like hey it didn't really work out so well yeah but it, that's real business and yeah, i yeah. think creating those sorts of experiences if you can have that in middle school high school just think how much more you're prepared by the time you get to college not saying that you're going to keep that same business all that time but those principles those experiences that you learn you're coming you're so much further ahead yeah and that's great and i look at that with uh, you know my nephew i'm close to my niece and nephew mm-hmm. and i try to teach him that and that's what i like with he's in scouts so he's getting great skills and then baseball as well so nothing looking at like him being some great major league baseball player is it possible maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. uh he has to work at it but just learning the the steps you have to take to get that are skills that he's going to be able to take into whether it be business a job Whatever. So I, I love your principle in that regard. I think we're we have mm-hmm. a lot of that in common. Is just yeah. you know have that good, you know, structure. Develop those routines. You know, maybe some rituals, mm-hmm. and uh, and then that carries over in all aspects of your life. So yeah, man, I'm I'm really digging it. Um, who, who are some of your role models? Who are some now? And, I would and maybe yeah, I would past? start with my mom. So like as I said from the very beginning, we started that business, uh, that car wash business, in my mother's hair salon. What I love about my mom is that, one, she's a very spiritual lady, so that, in turn, is she's raised two spiritually-minded kids, you know, a uh, single parent, put two kids through college as an entrepreneur, you know, owning their own hair salon, and knowing what I love even most is just the power of of understanding your purpose in life. She knew that she wanted to do hair since she was 12 years old. As a little kid, she's, like, braiding people's hair in the front yard kind of thing and making her own money at, nice. at 12. And so, <laughs> so it's beautiful to, to see that. And, uh, that, that's my why to, to really say, okay, she took it to this level and it's for me to take it to, uh, to, to another level. That's one, uh, another one of my great mentors, uh, Tony Thompson. Um, he owns a company here, Kwame, the Kwame building group. Um, it's a construction management company and they built like they help build Bush stadium. They help, build the airport um a lot of stuff around the country a phenomenal entrepreneur and just a great mentor uh with, with great advice very smart business person and he gives a lot he's he's a huge giver of his time mm-hmm. knowledge resources uh scholarship funds all that kind of stuff but he's been a, a huge inspiration uh for me uh, on my journey and, and a lot of stuff I do I try to model after just his his love of giving like he's he's had great success as an entrepreneur but uh but he gives he gives and really makes uh makes a difference in the community as well that's fantastic uh you know a couple more questions um 
so entrepreneurial work is, I mean, it's, it could be a constant around the clock type thing. A lot of times it is. Mm -hmm. So what do you do to relax? What do you do to balance yourself out? Um, I, I love to, I love to travel, um, meditate. These are, these yeah, are two yeah. that are very, I, I do that every morning. Um, yoga, I do yoga once a week and I'm trying to work on pushing that to two or three times a week very good yeah uh, I so love I try to, yoga yeah it's important to like that stillness and when you're yeah. doing a lot of things man like if you can slow things down so that you can make better decisions and and not just be in such a hurry and such mm -hmm. a rush uh still being timely but not being in a rush with 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 your your thoughts and your decision making mm -hmm. yoga helps me do that meditation um being mindful of of um of, of that that's that's first and then travel i love experiences um i think that's very important so going to different countries different cities and spending time with friends and family i think that's that helps keep me grounded that's what i love doing um love sports so i mean i think you know those are just some of the things that 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 i enjoy no it's yeah. very good man yeah and, and sometimes uh you just have to step back away mm -hmm. from something to really see it clearly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, everything you said is good. Anything you want to add? I think I'm good for, for questions. Mm -hmm. Let me see. Oh man. I, th I think this is, this is really good. We touched on a lot of different yeah, things. Yeah. Um, one thing I would say, man, which is kind of like a common theme through this whole thing is if you, if you have ideas, take action on them um, and, and really evaluate the resources that you do have and see your, your cup as, as half full and not half empty. Like if we focus on what it is that we do have, I feel like we can make a greater impact on the world and, and really um, even going deeper with that is appreciating all moments equally, like working from a space of gratitude and, and appreciating the slow times, the negative times, the the ten view times, yeah, yeah, <laughs> as we yeah. appreciate the ten thousand view times, or when things are going amazing, or we get that big check, or we get that big gig, uh, or we we have that great relationship or connection. But just appreciating all moments the same, and I feel like when you do that, and you take you take advantage of of well, really maximizing the resources and the things that mm -hmm. you do have in your hand. I feel like that's when you end up. Um, creating more opportunities for yourself to have bigger things in your hand, to be responsible for bigger projects, bigger customers, bigger relationships, bigger business, um, and, and the whole thing. And 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 the thing I like to say is, like I said, it's about execution. So I believe in that. And I would just close it and say that you don't have to be great to get started, but you have to get started to be great. That's fantastic. It's about you know I'll I'll close with it's about embracing the journey and i want to thank you for being a part of my journey and imparting knowledge and uh it's been a pleasure thank you so much thanks ken